All right, I'm Mira. I'm Bells. And this is Mira and Bells. And what are we talking about, Bells? Today we are talking about season two, episode eight of Jisoo Kaisen. No, um, it was called yet. It's episode seven. Is it not eight? It's seven. I'm gonna check. Anyways, it's called <laughs> Event Exchange. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it only if, doesn't matter because you're wrong. <laughs> I'll admit if I'm wrong. But, like, I need you to do, like, 70,000 push-ups if I'm not wrong. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, look. It's seven episodes. It's the seventh episode because I just posted our last episode on the podcast, and that was episode six. Okay, well, you didn't even let me finish. At least I know the damn name of the damn episode. Jesus. All right. What are we talking about today, Bells? We're talking about... I'm not even saying episode names no more. Fuck it. <clears throat> We're talking about event exchange. The newest episode of Jujutsu Kaisen. It is episode seven. You're right. Yeah, I know. All right. Next time you wrong, I'm calling you out with no discretion. Remember that. And I'm going to make sure you don't edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't ever edit out our mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Tell us how the first half of the episode went. Okay. First of all. JJK is now officially a mecha anime, number one. Second of all, JJK is a magical boy anime. Why was... Just tell them what happened first. <laughs> they should have watched the episode. It but, doesn't okay, matter. So we, cap. we come back into the episode starting off with um, Mechamaru. Also, I was calling him Mechamura last episode. It's Mechamaru, isn't it? Yeah, but I wasn't calling him what you were calling him, so I didn't care. <laughs> the thing is, is I asked you, I said, isn't his name Mekamura? And then you said yes. Probably. We were probably saying the same thing now that I think about it. Anyway, so you know, we, I'm jump, into the, we <laughs> jump into the episode with Mekamaru versus Maito. And they're, I don't know, they're just bumping. And Mekamaru is using, so Mekamaru at the beginning of the fight has 17 years and... He has 17 years, some odd months, and 29 days. I forgot how many months he had. It is not 29 days. Yeah, it was. Because I remember I looked at it and I was like, oh, he almost has another month. He had 17 years, some odd months, and 29 days of cursed. It was 26. It was 29. It was 26. (laughs) Now we have to go look because... (laughs) You're right. You're right. It's 17 years, one month, 29 days. Anyways, that's two for two from here. You got one more time to talk about something I'm wrong. I don't care. You're wrong all the time. I just don't call you out. Wait, what? (laughs) I literally just don't call you out. I just keep going. Because if I keep going, it will get looked over. I just don't say nothing. You're the one be trying to embarrass me. I don't be trying to embarrass you. It's just like, you can't be talking about somewhere on episode eight and we're on episode seven. That's going to confuse everyone. I, I, this is the thing. I'll admit when I'm wrong. We looked. I was wrong. I admitted I was wrong. You go try to laugh off that you're wrong when I try to call you out. That's not true. I can admit when I'm wrong. I don't call you out when you're wrong. So we don't even know that. <laughs> you do call me out when I'm wrong. I don't even know why you're lying on record right now. Like, what the heck? Wait, 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 wait. So, so on record, I'd be calling you out? Because we know what I'm talking about outside of it. Oh, oh, on record, no, you don't call me out. That's what I'm talking about. In real life, I'll call you out. I'll be like, that's just blatantly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But, okay, so we jump back into the scene with Maito versus Mekamaru. 
at the beginning of the fight, he has 17, he basically has 17 years and two months worth, worth of cursed energy to use up in this freaking, in um, the Mechamaru puppet. And so first of all, so we go into the fight and Mechamaru is using his powers and this legit turns into a magical boy anime. First of all, because, you know, if you guys have ever watched magical girl animes or read magical girl mangas, their powers always have these long names. It could be like ultimate, super powerful, um, 10,000 year long punch with sprinkles and sparkles. Like that's the name of their powers. And that was literally the name. Well, that, not literally, but that was like the name of Mekumaru's um, power. It was like. What word were they? They were like ultimate something, something. I forgot what it was called, but they used the same word like six times and the name was like 11 words long. So not only that, but then when Mekumaru started bumping and actually throwing out cursed energy, why was it the color of rainbows? Like, why did this turn into a magical boy anime? I don't really know <laughs> why that happened. As, considering that this is one of, this all. is more of a darker anime, huh? I didn't see that at all. That is not what it reminded me of. (laughs) This didn't remind you of a magical girl anime? No. This specifically reminded me of Darling and the Franks. If you go rewatch some of the scenes, that's exactly what they look like. Maybe I just... I don't watch a lot of mecha anime, so maybe that's just how mecha anime be. Oh, you know what? All Noah Zero is like that, where all of the powers are really sparkly and, like, just really big and colorful. It's to make it, like, dramatic, because... You know, just have a bot out there like that. I mean, why did somebody in the Crunchyroll comments talk about some ultimate Mekumaru mode founding Titan? <laughs> <laughs> Yo! That's so, pretty bad. <laughs> so basically, there, there's not really much tact to this fight. There's just big punches, big powers being thrown. But Mekamaru is using up his powers by the years. He first, his first attack is one year long. His second attack is two years long, and his his third attack is five years long. And so he just keeps out. He keeps he keeps on throwing out years like he has like a thousand of them things. He only got about seventeen years, only a little bit over seventeen years. So he's Should've throwing out. Huh. He Should have thrown out some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He Should have thrown some more, but so anyways. So he's throwing out punches by the year. He also has um, four, what are they? He has, so basically his regular attacks can damage Maito, but it can't damage Maito's soul. So he won't be able to exercise him with his regular attacks, but he has these like special attacks that can damage Maito's soul, but he only has four of them. So he throws one at Maito and obliterates. Wait, wait, wait. Uh Uh-huh. Wait, were they not? I'm trying to think, he didn't name those. Because he didn't name his, his like, things, but, like, were they the simple domains? No. He threw, no, I, he threw out a simple domain, but that's, I don't think that's what those are. I didn't know what those were. He didn't give them no name. He was just like, I gotta use this technique. Like, what technique, bro? Tell me what it is. <laughs> no. Maybe, maybe he said a name and we just don't remember. I'll go look in a minute. Okay. But so he basically only has four he only has four attacks that can actually attack Maito's soul. So he uses one and he obliterates Maito's arm. And now he should have tried to I don't know if when he threw that attack was he trying to exercise Maito with that attack but he should have because basically every attack that that he threw Maito adapted. So 
when he was throwing his regular attacks, Maito was like, oh, he can't even damage my soul, so I'm just going to go all out. So he did not care. He literally, uh, Mechamaru threw a huge attack and, like, burnt off half of Maito's skull or, like, face. And, like, his freaking eyeball was pointing at his skull, and he did not care. He had a big smile on his face. He was going in for the kill. So Maito really did not care what kind of um, attack Mechamaru was throwing at him until he threw the attack that actually hit his soul and obliterated his arm. And then Maito changed forms to make it look like he regenerated his arm, but Mechamaru made the comment that, oh, he didn't really regenerate. He just idol transfigured himself so that it looks like he's regenerating. So Mechamaru, you know, will be on his toes. But Mechamaru's smarter than that, I guess. So they keep bumping. They're just throwing out big attacks, freaking Mechamaru's Spartan kicks Maito into a mountain or something. <laughs> this is just a really huge fight on some, like, Dragon Ball Z level. And so they're just bumping. And then... Ma, uh, Mekamaru tries to throw out the second attack where he can attack Maito's soul and Maito opens up his domain which we saw in the first episode I mean which we saw in the first season when he was fighting against Nanami and Itadori why did I almost call Itadori Todoroki <laughs> <laughs> so that's just see my face my y'all <laughs> literally dropped when she said that it was, yeah, like, on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> but, um, so, Maito opens up his domain expansion, and they remind us that in a domain expansion, any any um, attack thrown in your own domain expansion has 100%, has 100% chance of hitting even Gojo Satoru. That's crazy so, that he's the example. They, <laughs> they haven't his, this man's name in their mouth. For real. So what was your reaction when Mahito opened up his domain expansion? He screwed. <laughs> I thought that was the end of Mechamaru. Right he then. screwed. Like, I was just like, the only way he's going to get out of this is if he drops a domain. That's the only, that's the exact words that came out of my mouth. I was like, he better know how to drop a domain or something. What did it? Tadori's not going to come save you. Oh, gosh. What? So literally, like, first of all, this... This fight had like my heart beating and had me on the edge of my seat. Like this fight was like a horror movie to me. Like you know, like you know, like when you're in like the the climax of the horror movie and all the scary stuff is happening one after one, and they're like walking down that quiet hallway. There's no music. Like that was how that was how I felt when Maito dropped his domain extension. I was like, oh no, he's screwed. Which he's is, dead. He's which dead. Is, which is crazy because when we talked about it last week, I literally said. There's no hope for him, like, winning. He he was either going to have to run away, which they dropped the veil on him, so that wasn't possible. Also, they dropped the veil where he couldn't communicate because he wanted to communicate with Gojo so he could pull up. That's not happening either. And then three, I was like, maybe the main characters might pull up, and they're not as far away as we think they are. That didn't happen either. And then I was like, four, he going to die. Well, we knew he wasn't going to win because they're not going to exercise Maito this early. Like, there's still more to be said between him and Itadori. So we knew Maito wasn't going to die. But we also knew Mekumaru, even if he made it out of this alive, he's not going to make it out of here unscathed. Like, I'm not going to lie. He dead. (laughs) I mean, they made it seem like he was dead, but they didn't show us his corpse. I don't think he's dead. I only say, because at first I didn't think he would die. Like, I think they were going to, like, beat him to, like, a pulp. But 
the reason why I say that he's dead is because um, Miwa, she's crying in the opening. She is what crying reason, in the opening. Yeah, yeah. What reason would she have to be crying? Especially after the flat. They ran him a yeah, flashback. They, get- they ran him a flashback. That's when I know he was fucked. You know what? You ran know what? Flashback. I should have known he was going to die when they kept on bringing up all those visions of Miwa. I was like, he ain't never going to see this girl again. Nah, I already knew when she was just like, one day I'm going to come and see you. I was like, he's going to die. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> the way, oh my goodness, the, when they like, when there's something about the way JJK transitions into scene, it transitions into different scenes. Like they transition from Miwa talking about like she's going to see him to like Mekamaru's obliterated Mecha, like. The way they they just transitioned between those scenes was really cool. And it was really, like, heartfelt. Because, like, I don't really care about Mikamaru that much. Especially because he tried to kill uh, Itadori in the sister exchange event. (laughs) But they made me feel sorry for him in that scene when when Miwa was talking to him. Yeah, I dropped one tear. You cried for real? I dropped one tear. Yeah, it was getting me. Because, like, you know I'm a hopeless romantic. So, like, they, like, didn't... I feel like you could see that there was like a, a tinger romance between them and it was like a budding romance at that imagine like imagine you and your boyfriend it's right before like y'all get to the, all the good parts and he dies that's what i thought about in that scene i was like that's crazy because nobody's thinking about the person that they like or like love at this point during a fight unless they don't believe like he believed he could win at one point but he was fighting tooth and nail to win. And even Ghetto said, he's like, even if it's temporary, his curse his curse power is on special gray level right now. Why is Vito so strong? Anyway, so Vito... point. Where did he come from? What is I, he made out of? I was thinking that too. I think Wasn't he created by Junpei's negative emotions? I'm not sure. I know that he's born... Like, again, they were saying curses are made up of, like, people's negative emotions but like what type of like ill intent evil emotions do you have to harbor to create something like him well we saw we saw the scene where Maito was born I'm pretty sure like he was born in like an alleyway and then like he came across Junpei which is why I thought he was born from Junpei's negative emotion but I don't remember probably just go back and watch that scene again but so Maito throws out his domain expansion and they re-explain to us that all of his attacks will hit Mekamaru and he idle transfigures Mekamaru to power him down. But Mekamaru throws out... Also, I'm just going to call him Mekamaru because I don't remember his real name. <laughs> so um, it just, it just says that Maito was born from the hate and fear humans have for each other. That's it. There's no specific. Dang. That's all curses, though. Yeah, it just says humanity's collective hatred and fear of other humans. It's not anybody, like, specific. That's interesting. That's why he's so strong. And then it says, also, his body... This is a theory. His body is covered in stitch marks, perhaps to symbolize plastic surgery or body alterations. Because, again, he's humans, hate, fear, all of that. So it would be, like, the hate you have for your body in the way that you would get shit done. That makes a lot of sense because he has, like, stuff that's in areas that you would get surgery on. Or when you lose arms and, like, we've never seen his legs. 
But he has snitch marks on his face, neck, arms. Yeah, so um, Mechamaru is in um, Maito's domain, and it looks like it's the end for him. But then Mechamaru throws out a simple domain because if you remember, the only way, I think the only way to get out of a domain is either to have someone coming from the outside, you somehow escape the domain, or to throw out a more powerful domain to overpower their domain. So, but this, it doesn't really make sense to me how Mechamaru was able to throw out a simple domain within Mahito's domain, because doesn't the domain you throw out have to be stronger than the first domain? No. That only applies to an actual domain. Not something half-baked and not something simple. Mm. Just an actual domain. Because Gojo says specifically, oh, when you throw out a domain in somebody's domain, yours has to be stronger for yours to, like, overtake their domain. Because even when um, when Ichidori broke into Maito's in season one, he ended up touching Sukuna, and then Sukuna ended up throwing out his domain, taking over Maito's domain. Okay. He should never touch that man. He got Swiss cheese, bro. Sakuna should just killed him on the spot. I don't know why he gave him that warning shot. Probably because they're both curses. And, like, again, he wants to use each story's body. They want to use him. And they know that. I think that Sakuna kind of knows that. And, like, that's why he was like, yeah, I get a free hall pass, Itadori. <laughs> and you got to forget, like, bro, that's the worst hall pass you could give somebody. For real. So, Mechamaru throws out his simple domain, and so since he has thrown out his domain, now all of his attacks hit. So, he used his second attack that can destroy Maito's soul, and he, quote-unquote, exercises Maito, or so he thinks. So, he thinks that he's exercised Maito, and he goes for Ghetto. He still has nine years left of cursed energy. That made me he still laugh. Has, huh? That made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> He still has nine years left of cursed energy. He still has two more special attacks. And he's about to, and he's like smiling, laughing. He's like so happy. He thinks he's going to see Miwa again. He thinks he's going to see all his other classmates again. And then Maito comes up and freaking slices him in the neck like Toji did with Gojo. What's up with this show and slicing people in the neck? I don't know, clue. So Maito comes with the surprise attack. And, and Maito, so Maito attacked. Mechamura, but Mechamura brought out a mini Mechamura puppet to protect him within his larger Mecha. And how did the fight... Oh, and then it... Oh, I was going to say, how come I don't remember how this fight ended? Because then, at this point, they transfer to the scene with Miwa talking to another Mechamura puppet that's at the school. And then he's she's talking to him, telling him that oh she wants to she's so happy that everyone's gotten closer after the sister event because at first everyone was, was estranged and she made the comment that well maybe it was like that because if we got closer to each other we would be more sad when we die not if we die when we die and so she's saying but despite that i still want to get closer to you and someday i want to visit you and then when she says that like she wants to get closer to him we cut back to the scene and the mega mecca is obliterated like it's totally destroyed and so that implies that Mechamura was beaten and that he died and then we see um I'm not gonna lie if I was him if I did survive that I'm not pulling up I'm disappearing (laughs) (laughs) going into hiding I'm not taking no ass whooping like that again because I will die the next time you don't get that many like (laughs) you don't get that many hall passes for real 
So then we see Ghetto and Mahito walking away. And Mahito looks virtually fine. Like, it doesn't even look like he sustained any real damages. But what's the name did say that he was, like, showboating. Because at, at the same time, he was telling Ghetto, he was like, oh, that was all strategic. I don't believe that. And I he was talking, that. he's like, yeah, it was all strategic. I even, I even let go of my domain when he attacked me to seem like I was dead. I was like, you probably let go of your domain because you were attacked with something that almost attacked your soul. Like, why are you, how are you going to throw up a domain during that? <laughs> Especially your freaking um, preschool domain, the frick. Bro, oh God, I'm tired of seeing that. <laughs> yeah, they not show his, if, the next time they show his domain, it needs to be better because I don't want to see the same domain for a third time. Yeah, no, because that is some preschool stuff. Which, which, Megumaru did say he was like another, another bird. How uncreative. And yeah, I think I would... that might be Maito's downfall later on, like not being creative. Because again, he's only seen so much because he's a baby curse. He literally is maybe a couple months old. Well, yeah, because, well, because since he's so strong, he relies on brute force to win his fights instead of like tact. So he doesn't have, I guess he doesn't have a lot of fighting experience. So he's not very tactful. Like he has his, he has his fight with Itadori, and Itadori and Nanami. Um, did he fight? Did he fight Nanami on his own? Yeah, he has his fight with Nanami, which he almost lost. He had to run away, and then he has his fight with Mekamaru. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nah. There was, there was Nanami. He ran from that. He fled. He, then Nanami and Itadori, where they was beating the absolute shit out of him, which, again, he fled. And then this is the only fight we've seen him on screen not flee from. Yeah. So he is gaining, which, and then he did speak to that, like, oh, he learned something about simple domains. So they are letting us know that Maito takes something from each fight and he's going to get stronger. So, which is good because we're tired of that whack domain. Don't pull that shit out again this season. <laughs> So Maito is going to get stronger. Okay, so then we go into the second half of the episode where we get into the Shibuya-Tokyo incident. Was I guess Shibuya is like a district in Tokyo? I think it's a city. I don't know how Japanese geography works, not going to lie. I don't either. I'm just going to look it up. That's the best thing I can do before we say something wrong. Well, Tokyo is a city, which is why I think Shibuya is a district in Tokyo. It's a ward. Shibuya is a special ward in Tokyo, Japan. Okay. A major commercial and financial center. Which makes sense because they're having like a Halloween parade. <clears throat> I did not know Japanese people celebrated Halloween. I didn't either. Um, and then it says Shinobu. Sh- okay, anyways. Shinobu. How- yeah, yeah, leave it alone. <laughs> Houses two of the busiest railway railway stations in the world. Uh, Shinjiki and the... Shibuya Station, which we've heard the word Shinjiki earlier. Or no, no, Shinjiki is that place that um, Gojo and Ghetto broke up outside of the KFC. Oh. I think that was Shinjiki. I'm not sure, though, but I'm pretty sure that's Shinjiki because somebody actually pulled up when I was on TikTok the other day. They pulled up that that location that they broke up at is a real place, like the detail for detail. They like put that place in there detail for detail. There's a KFC and everything. Dang, that's crazy. Down to, like, the stoplights. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If I can find it for you, I'll send it to you. Okay. Jeez, that's a lot of work. Mama going crazy. Uh, We've been knew that. But um, 
so the second half, we are in the um, Shibuya ward or district, because that's what it would be here, right? A ward would be like a district here. Yeah, we would call it a district or a or county. Like, yeah, or a county. Like, so they, well, first they cut pretty much to black and they tell us that it's October 31st, 2018. I thought it was 2019. I don't know why I thought that, but I thought it was 2019. So it's 2018, October 31st. Hey, I turned I turned 18 two days before this event happened. Jeez. Oh. So they go and they tell us that it is eight o'clock and that in Tokyo, Japan, a veil is dropped over the Shibuya ward. And I almost called it a yard. <laughs> and there's only humans in there at the time of this dropping of the veil. And they're partying. They're having a little Halloween get together. They're trying to tip trucks over. They're drinking. They, they're just having a good time. And, well, I realized that there are some humans who can see curses, apparently, because there was that one random who was like, do you yeah. see that? And the veil was, like, dropping by the moon. And the dude was like, I don't see anything. And she was like, no, look, look. Yeah. No, well, because well, think about it. How does any jujutsu sorcerer, like, find out that they're a jujutsu sorcerer? Like, there are some humans that are just able to see, I guess, without any training. And then there are some humans, I guess, like Maki, who can't see. So, yeah. So, I guess if if you don't know anything about the sorcerer world, you may just, like, see things. And I guess that's what... I wonder if that girl ever, like, saw curses or saw stuff anytime else. It's possible, possibly not. Because, like, you know how, like, when you're in your room and you're paranoid and you think there's stuff moving? It might have been kind of like that where you're like, oh, I'm just tricking myself. I'm just paranoid. I'm seeing things because I just need to go back to bed. I'm tired. I'm being delusional. But she might have had, like, moments like that. But I don't... Who knows? She's extra it doesn't matter but no but, but that scene well yeah so she's an extra and she doesn't matter but that scene is like that scene told us that like regular degular humans can sometimes can see, see curses, curses or see yeah. things that sorcerers can see which i feel like that pokes a hole in ghetto's entire plan because he wants to kill all non-sorcerers because he wants to get rid of cursed energy. But honestly, what looks like would be a more viable um, solution is teach all humans how to control their their cursed energy. Because some can which, can naturally see. And which, you're just going to kill them when they have potential. Which old girl with the blonde hair, special gray lazy. Um, <laughs> That's a good nickname. <laughs> yeah, special gray lazy. She said like, oh that was the best thing that they could have done, which was to teach everybody. Like, that's the morally right route to go for to teach all humans how to control their um, cursed energy and minimize it as much as possible. Because they said that Toji, a regular, regular human, uh, somehow obtained a heavenly pact, which they need to explain that further to us. These heavenly pact shits, I need... Because Mekumaru had a heavenly pact also. Yeah, this this show explained things kind of as they come. And they and you know what's good about this show is like they realized that like, you know, season one ain't aired since 2019 and I forgot what a pact is. <laughs> and like cause there was that little scene 
where the dude was explaining to Fushi Girl, like, oh, did you know that veils can only keep out or keep in things with cursed energy? And so that the fact that they block like cell phone connection is just a coincidence. And, Me- and Megumi's like, oh, I already knew that. I'm like, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I thought, thought the that domain. Yeah, that's that's what I thought too. Before he said that, I thought that that was like not a coincidence at all. I thought they were dropping domains so that there was no distractions, no outside communication, no calling for backup, no none of that. Nope, it is just a sad. Also used to stand outside the veil. What? He wasn't. I said that made sense because on the first mission he sent Nobara and Isidori, he he sat outside the veil with Megami. If they had phone service, they could have left and came back. That's a good point, yeah. So, well, I don't know what the same... Well, because veils disrupt phone connection, but do domains? I guess they would, too. Why wouldn't they? Well, they dropped a veil on them. So, they dropped a veil on all of these humans. And the weird thing about this veil... Because, also, during the first half, Ghetto said that he... Pretty much, he feels like he's perfected a certain type of veil. And he used... I guess he picked up this screw. I don't know if he used this screw. This is a cursed item or something. But he made it to where this veil did something that we weren't aware of. But when they dropped the veil in Tokyo, it was letting sorcerers in, which is not something that veils that we've seen before were doing. So all sorcerers can come in and out, but humans cannot go in and out of them. They're stuck inside of it. Also, we learned from a character that we have not really met before that who was talking to Panda, we learned that he suspects that there is mad curses underground in the railways. And they're going to eat up all those humans. Possibly. They might be holding them hostage, though. Another thing is they're telling these humans to say to get Gojo Satoro, which to me, this is a setup. I'm wondering, like, how they're able to give the humans knowledge that they don't have like i guess are are there little curses in their ear saying gojo's name like i wonder how that worked it's it's kind of like it's like um like light from death note was when he would like write someone's name in the death note you can make them say i think you can make them say things they don't know or is that against the rules like you can make them he could make them convey information or write things that they don't know like he made one of them write like shinigamis are real or like or like Shin- like Shinigami's love apples. Oh wait, or no, or was that one of the notes? I don't know. I know with one of the people he killed, he made them like write something that they couldn't possibly know. I think it's but not. It against- reminds me of that. It's not against the rules. I have the death note, and it has a ton of rules, but that is not against the rules. Okay, so I think that did happen in the show, one way or the other. So that kind of reminded me of that. So I'm like, how do they make them? Because the because the guy said like, oh, like bring Gojo. And the and another character was like, "Who is that?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> like, how are you giving them names that they? How are they, how are they conveying them information like that? I guess through like little curse whispering, in which they said, um, "That big man, he looked cool. He looked like somebody from. He looked like an older version of somebody from Hell's Paradise. He was like, oh, um." no non-sorcerer would know who Gojo is. So that also, like, 
basically fact checks your statement that they're telling them things or there's curses whispering in their ear or somebody for all we know ghetto was like yeah go ask for this dude and then disappeared but i do i do think that once gojo gets in there he will get face to face with uh ghetto and they may end up fighting who knows because again he doesn't know this man is alive i still believe that because again remember he said in the movie ghetto likes to showboat and stuff and this i feel like that's showboating closing off the whole city when he yeah closing off the whole city like when the when the world at large doesn't really know about sorcerers and cursed energy but yeah, I, I this that's showboating if I've ever seen some. Well, that that um a hundred curse parade that was showboating at its finest. I'm not gonna lie, that was that was dramatic. But that was also a show so that they would get distracted. But no, I think that this is where they're gonna come into contact with each other, and I think this is gonna really piss Gojo off. <laughs> we saw okay. him breathing hard in the, the opening. We got him like. But I do think this is a setup. I don't know if they're going to jump him. I don't know if they're going to hold humans hostage, which I don't think that's really going to affect Gojo. I feel like Gojo really pulled up because, one, it's his job. And, second, they're specifically asking for him. And another thing is that dude with the trench coat that I keep, I don't remember his name. They showed it on screen briefly. But he said, we're literally standing outside of the veil to get his rebounds. But it's peaceful in there. And all the curses are underground. I don't think no rebound bail. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I'm, I'm thinking all of y'all, because remember, in the opening, they're all, like, in this, like, formation. And, like, they're walking. It looks like they're walking into the underground railroads, now that I think about it. Like, it looks like they're, you know how the train station, you go down the stairs. And, like, yeah. then you, like, are in the halls before the trains. Yeah. That's how New York is set up. That's the only place I've been to that's set up like that. Girl, I don't know how them big cities work. I I keep myself in the First little all, cities to the I, suburbs. So, basically, they're all, like, freaking out. And uh, there were some people, they were chilling. Like, females were like, oh, in this time of need, isn't it, like, more attractive to have, like, a chill dude? Which, I agree with her. I agree with that statement. I'd rather somebody keep their composure than freaking out. Because my mentality is a real thing. Two people freak out the whole crowd will start freaking out because then they're going to be like, no, they're not being overdramatic. I can't leave here. And I don't know when I'll be able to leave here. Maybe um, the people so, freaking out are the people who can see the veil. Because to all these other people, there's this invisible thing keeping them inside. They're like saying like, oh, this is weird, but help will come. And they're realizing like, oh, we don't have any phone service. But again, this is a busy district. So I don't believe like, because the sorcerer's on the case and, like, the sorcerer's, like, they're known about by the police and stuff. That's the only reason why they're handling this. But at the same time, if this was, like, a regular thing, like, in our eyes, the police would pull up. There's no way they wouldn't. But no, that's like if, like, a big old veil just dropped in the middle of, the D- of D.C. Like, it's not going to take long for them to realize that. <laughs> oh, no. They're, they would be circling around. They would be trying to do everything to get them people out of there. But at... 831 Gojo pulls up and um episode end. I didn't even watch that preview. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's a waste of my time. I'm not gonna the be previews able to previews are a waste of time. Well, they're not a complete waste of time because they do show some things. We're gonna see go- we're gonna see uh Joe go back on screen. So volcano head. Yeah, he wants his ass whooped again. <laughs> 
So I guess it's going to be um, I guess it's just going to be a brawl up in the veil. But I don't know how with like all those people in there. Also, some people got like sucked up into like that vortex. And they oh. said they went into so the, the subway. So I wonder why some people were sucked up and other people weren't. And also I'm wondering like because so I thought at first I was like, oh, ghetto dropped the veil to basically just off all the humans. But it's probably like what you're saying where it's more of a trap. It's more of a setup. You basically create this like grand showing in order to assassinate Gojo. Because why wouldn't Ghetto just like kill everyone instantly? And mm-hmm. I'm assuming that his plan, he's probably not going to kill, like I would think he wouldn't kill humans off one by one. He's going to gather up enough cursed energy and power so he can kill everybody at the same time. Maybe. But also, if you just dropped a veil in an empty city... And then said, Gojo, come here. He not going. I'm not going to lie to you. There has to be a reason he's going out there. He has lots of people hostage. That's enough to get him out there. That's enough to get his attention. That, yeah, well, yeah, he has to go. He can't just leave, leave all those <laughs> hundreds or thousands of people in there. I don't, I'm not going to lie to you. Gojo is not giving he cares about humans. I think that man really just does his job. I don't really they understand have- Gojo yet. He does care. He has to care. But when has he ever on screen expressed care for humans? When has he on screen expressed any emotion? Well, that's not true. He's expressed that he will kill the higher ups (laughs) over his students multiple times. (laughs) Also, him breaking up with Ghetto is the only time I've seen that man, like, between between the fight with Toji and the um, breakup with Ghetto. That's the only times we've actually seen that man look distressed. I didn't even know he could make faces like that before this season. I'm not going to lie to you. For real. Right. He he has not made any expression like he made when he was in high school now. Like, he has never made that many expressions. No, he's just looks this. Sorry. He's only looked sadistic. Because we've talked about this on multiple occasions. Because Gojo, he's very fine. He's very powerful. But I just can't even give him a husbando nomination. Like, because he's too crazy. I already know, like, there's something wrong in there. Like, I don't know if it's the him healing his brain at all times that's frying his shit like that. But I really do believe Infinity's on at all times. He's reversing his shit at all times. And that might be deranging him. Like, I'm not sure. But at the same time, he was kind of already crazy before he was doing all of that. So I just think there are not even screws loose. I just think they're missing. Duh! <laughs> That's funny. Also, another person said in the comments of Crunchyroll, them ending the episode where Gojo pulls up is just straight evil. That made me... No, when they ended the episode there, especially all abruptly, that made me not want to talk about the episode no more. Like, I was like, I don't even want to... I don't even want to stream. I don't even want to record. I I don't want to talk about this episode. I had the shakes in the excited way. Like, I'm glad that we watched it on Sunday. Today is Sunday. We watched it... um, the day that we're streaming. Sometimes I watch it the day after it comes out, and then I'll just watch it again on Sunday. But I actually waited to watch it right before we um, recorded. And I actually am more, like, uh, I'm glad I do it that way. Like, I watch it later in the week than watching it right when it comes out. Because if I watch it on Thursday, I have to wait seven days until I can see something again. But if I wait three days after that, I'm only waiting four days to see it again. Well, no, you're still waiting a full seven days because you're not going to watch it again until next Sunday. But you're, but what I'm saying is if I see it 
on no well, this is the thing I can watch it on Thursday if I want. So I'm only waiting four days to like can see it. I'm choosing to not see it for another seven days. I, I I'll be watching it on Thursday. I'm not gonna lie. I might have to watch it on Thursday. I mean, I don't know. This looks like it's about to be hard. This looks like it's about to be I, hard. I feel like there's there's no more setup you can do. Like I don't honestly I don't want to see no flashbacks. I don't want to see none of that. I want to see bumping. Now <laughs> that's all I want to see bumping. You've done enough setup. I'm more than intrigued. More than intrigued. I'm ready to see fighting. Okay, so now that we've watched the entirety of Mechamaru versus Mahito, what would you rate that fight? That's a hard one. Again, because remember I gave the last episode, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Because I said there are certain things that make it a masterpiece. It was a good fight. Was it a masterpiece? No. So that fight specifically, I'll give it I'll give it an 8.5. And, and I say this because, remember, we talked about some of the fights looking similar in season one and that you didn't want to see that again we haven't seen anything like this from them yeah now, we haven't seen a mecha fight <laughs> now some of the elements reminded me of darling in the franks and that made me shake excitedly too because like i love darling in the franks so i felt like it was it was beautiful it was a beautiful fight but at the same time i don't like fights where i know this man don't got no chance it was a beautiful fight it was well um choreographed Maito looked flawless in every movement he made when he flew he flew like a bird when he was running like even when he had like animal feet he was running like the animal that he had the feet of when he like transformed into a dog and was like transforming it was very fluid it was very smooth the animation was perfection the colors the bright colors and contrast to like the kind of like grayish sky and like it's not hopeful I love that and and again, I remember I told you like like you mentioned the fight was like a horror film. I like that. I like that for JJK. I mm-hmm. love that for them. I wish that there was more scenes with those elements. But there's better fights. There's better fights. Like the only the only two fights in JJK so far or three that I will give a ten out of ten would be Itadori. And Nobura versus the two cursed brothers. Um, the fight between Toji versus everybody, that was a 10, like straight 10. Like he hit us with things like he wasn't like very he was unpredictable. Like he wasn't busting no same moves on people. Like, man, he was trying to turn um, I don't know if you've seen it, but in in Teen Titans, the original um animated series where Robin was, like, undercover as a bad guy, and he had that X on his chest, that he carved that X into Ghetto's chest and then continued to stomp him in the face. Like, that was <laughs> that was a big I haven't mess. watched the original Teen Titans since I was a literal child. I remember nothing that happened in that show. And I think I watched the entire series. I remember, I, I remember Robin and Starfire kissing. Wow, that's so... <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then him, like, tactfully slaughtering Gojo near death. That was that was perfection. I'm not gonna lie. Especially for somebody like that's a human. Yes, you have a heavenly pack, but man, a monkey's a monkey. <laughs> um and then another fight I would give a 10 out of 10. I would say Maki and Fushigiro. Because again, animation 
clean, beautiful choreography. Um, the way that they were using the weapons. Long. I don't care. I had to watch. I literally looked up people using the weapons that they were using. And, like, it was very real. Like, you can tell that Mappa does their research when they put together these fight scenes. Like, they don't fight. Like, yes, there's very unrealistic um, things that go on. But when it comes to -to hand-to-hand combat and other things that, like, actually can be done in real life, it is lifelike. I should have gave that Toto and um, Isidori one a 10 out of 10 just to make you mad but that's not a 10 out of 10 fight i give that like an eight or a Look, nine you can I only like you fight. can't give the itadori versus toto fight a 10 out of 10 even if you think it's a 10 out of 10 fight you still can't give it a 10 out of 10 because it is an exact carbon copy of nanami and todoroki versus mahito whoa 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 what who that's it that's it Todoroki. bro stop Itadori. Did and I say Todoroki? <laughs> yes. I don't know why that kid is on my mind. Itadori. I guess because Itadori's curse technique is him punching. So I guess there's not much. What's the word? Um, he can do. No, what's the word I'm looking for? Versatility? Yeah, I guess there's not mer- yeah, much versatility have, like, in his fighting style. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, I guess as he becomes more powerful and learns how to fight better. Maybe his fights will be more interesting. Because um, even, like, when he was fighting against the Cursed Brother, like, the fight was cool, but the fight was cool because of Nobra's technique. And because yeah. of, basically, Itadori's, like, assist. Now, he did do his part because he just used, he just used like, basically brute strength to tire out the other brother. But he would have not won against that brother by himself. He them them double like them double black flashing was one of the coolest... <gasps> That oh season. my gosh, that was crazy. Um, but no, you know what? Actually, I take that back. You know what? The I'll replace that fight with Maki and Fushigiro. I will um I'll sub that one out for uh Megami versus the special grade. Cause that nasty domain he he dropped, that's a 10. I don't care what that no fight was said. beautiful. That was a 10. That, that was the most disgusting but also beautiful thing i had seen in 2019 bro i was i jumped out of my chair i i remember watching that episode like i was like oh my god bro it's something about this show like even though like we had already seen maito's domain expansion when any when any jjk character be talking some roiki i'm like oh my gosh it doesn't matter how many times i've seen the domain expansion it'll always be hard when someone throws one out now I do want to see more of them. I don't, and and I'm not. I don't want to see Gojo's. I don't. We're gonna see, see Gojo's. Show. We already know from the opening he'll open his up at some point. It whatever be later in the season. Then I do not want to see that in the next three episodes. Um, I also I want to see characters whip out domains that I haven't seen. I want to see all these people that y'all set up for me. I want to see them get active. Also speaking, wait, wait, wait. Reversing back to the talking about Isidori, where the fuck is he at? That's a good point. We didn't see him on standby. He's not. He didn't even come on screen. The I only guess screen he, time he had this week was in the opening. Well, I guess there's, there's, they don't. Maybe they don't have a reason to believe that one of Sakuna's fingers is there, and so it's just too dangerous to bring him there because they don't want him to die. But at the same time, they have almost not every student, but they have almost like half of the list of students 
that were recommended to be promoted, which their promotion is like being evaluated because they had them brackets talking about some promotion being evaluated. Um, almost everybody that is under evaluation for promotion, which he's one of them, is out there. I don't know. I'm sure there's some logical explanation. <laughs> he's somewhere. He's somewhere. So I would give Not um, Lojo, but he's somewhere. I would give Mekamaru versus Mahito fight um, a seven out of ten. I think I think I just don't like how Mecha fights look. They just look stupid. Like I can't take it to I mean, this didn't look as stupid as the fights in Darling and the Franks. And maybe because it wasn't big robots versus other big organisms. And it was like a big robot versus like an agile like humanoid. But I mean I did like the sparkly colors. I like when he when he was fighting, he threw out like colors when he released his cursed energy, but it also kind of made me take the fight not as seriously because it gave magical it gave magical boy energy. So and then also I I would give it a seven out of ten because the fight was just like brute force. There wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of tact, a lot of like thinking. They kinda they both just used brute force. When Mahito threw a big punch, Mekamaru just threw a bigger punch. When Mahito threw out a domain, Mekamaru just threw out a domain. So I I don't um I think on Mito's part there was not a lot of thinking. He he was just enjoying the damn fight. He was having a good time. But on on uh Mekamaru's stance, I will say he was as prepared as he could have been. Yeah. Cause, cause th- this is the thing. They literally this fight literally started because he was like, "Yeah, we heal your body because mm, it was a pact that we made as curses." But, um, I'm gonna kill you now. Like that's very random. But you could have foreseen this if you were in that situation as the mole. Yeah, I'm no. He definitely foresaw that they were gonna try to kill him. Like that's why he had it's the mega mecha on standby. Prototype zero, last one at that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that thing's name was long. <laughs> it was um it was something like uh Ultimate Megumaru uh armored something prototype something zero. Ultimate something ultimate like they used the word ultimate like three times. So I'm saying like it was giving magical boy energy. Cause that's how magical that's how magical girl mangas be. But hmm, what would you give this episode? Um, I mean, this was basically, so they basically just finished the fight between Mekamaru and Maito, and then it was basically a setup episode after that. So, like, yeah, I guess like a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10, yeah. I gave the fight a 7 out of 10, so I'll give the episode a 7 out of 10. I'll give it a flat 8. It was a good episode. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I got the shakes. I cried one tear. Maybe um, I'll give it. Maybe I'll give it a seven point five out of ten because they made me want to break my TV screen when they flipped to the ending after Gojo came on. And if you have the, if you have the strength to give to put that effect on me, then maybe it's a good episode. <laughs> yeah, because if it's a trash episode, you kind of got like you want it to end. Right. Like, I'm like, dang. When is when is episode gonna be done? <laughs> Plus, another thing is we, so. My ex sent me, it was, a, it was a long time ago, my ex sent me this thread of, like, this long thread that we read yesterday of how Gojo and Ghetto might have, like, been hinted at romantically, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah, that yeah, has some great evidence. Yeah, they actually have, like, yeah, like, concrete evidence, not just, like, headcanon, not, like, the anime community just being toxic and just being weird for no reason, but 
like real evidence from like the writer was it an interview with the writer or was some of the hold on I can go back to it some of the evidence was um some of the evidence was like translated um notes that they had made about like or tweets that they had made like the create creators and directors of certain things so it's kind of hard to say I me personally I just didn't see it well because you said because you said that someone said that Gojo and Ghetto saw each other as more than friends and more than family yeah that was the director Who said of that? JJ, that was the director of the JJK Zero movie okay okay and that and then he also said like oh Ghetto was Gojo's first warm, uh, warm summer or warm spring, and who was his last also. So I don't think he's ever cared about anybody the way that he cared about Ghetto, and I think that's what they're trying to allude to. But I just don't know. I just didn't see it as a romantic because when they were like, oh, when Gojo was like, love is like the like worst curse. I didn't take it as romantic love. I took it as platonic. I don't think it would be, I don't think the love between Gojo and Ghetto is platonic. Like, if it's not romantic, it's definitely, like, familial. Like, they're, like, brothers. Or, like, closer than brothers. Yeah, they said they were closer than friends and family. Yeah. That's why I was like, I I don't know. It was giving best friends. You know how, like, your best friends, you view them as family after you've been around for so much time? That's how I was viewing it. But... Clearly from, mm -hmm. clearly from this, it's not looking like that. Well, I also <laughs> think, like, I also think, like, so maybe there's, like, something that we don't have a word for in English that could be between friend, that could be between family and relationship, or maybe, like, something different from, like, romantic love, but still more than family love. Because I feel like with, a lot of the times with family love, yes, you do love and care about them, but... Sometimes, but it's not always because, like, you actually like them. It's because they're your family. Like, you're just supposed to love your family. It's just default. Like, you just love your family. But then there are certain family members that you love because you actually like them. Like, there are family members that you don't like. Family members that, like, you're okay with. And, like, you tell them you love them. But it's just, like, that's just because what you're supposed to do. And then there are family members who you actually like and who you spend time with who you go out of your way to talk to and those people are like more than family because you don't just like them because they're related to you or because they're blood related you like them because like you just like them as a person but they're also closer which then you would say oh that's like a friend because you like you like your friends because you like who they are there's nothing connecting you guys you just like the person who they are but then we make the distinction between a friend a best friend and like a romantic partner but then so, I don't know. There's, like, something, there's, there's like, maybe there's some other type of love that that is there that we don't have a word for it. It's probably a Greek word for it, I bet. It's possible. So, it's, like, it's like more than family, but, like, not romantic. Unless someone explicitly said it was romantic. Uh -uh. They kind of give, like, they kind of give, like, Levi and Hanji vibes sometimes. Man, I don't know. Oh, you don't know because you don't watch, um, I almost said MHA. You don't watch AOT for real. <laughs> No, I'm saying, like, I just, I can't, like, get it through my brain. Like, I'm I'm probably one of the biggest boy ex boy advocates, and I just, it's just not making sense to me. Like, I'm seeing the evidence, and I, I may just not want to believe it. 
<laughs> you just don't see Gojo with anyone. You think Gojo's a forever alone. Yeah, and then also, I don't know why, but, like, that makes more sense, though. Because why, why was Ghetto flicking up with that woman? That, that was kind of fruity. Now that I think about it. <laughs> Bro, because we like, well, all together, and we like, like, yo. Ghetto is basically, like, isn't he, like, creating his own religion or something? He, he has to be a charming guy. Like, people who are, like, head of cults, they're probably, like, the most charismatic, charming people on the planet. I mean, he charmed me, and he was talking about monkeys and shit. <laughs> He's like at this point, like he he climbed his way up. One of my favorites. I actually don't think I have a favorite character in JFK right now. My favorite character is by far Nobra. Mm, I don't think I have a favorite right now. No, I like everybody. Is there anyone you don't like? No. No. Actually, I think I agree. All the care, even the characters like that we're not supposed to like. I like them in that respect. If that makes sense. I like. I like that even our villains, like, they have character. Like, they're not just bad because they're bad. Like, it's like they got reasons to be bad. And even, like, even in Mito's case, he don't have no reason to be a bad guy. But, like, it's really curses versus sorcerers. Like, he's taking the side that only feels right. Like, no sorcerer's going to let you be out here killing shit like that. Like, let's just be for real. Plus, you're born of the malice and hatred the hatred and fear of other humans like of course you'd want to side with these other curses and bad people like well that's the thing about um that's the thing about jjk villains because most of the villains are curses and they don't have to have a reason to be bad because they are born from human negative emotions so they're bad because they are born from badness (laughs) they're born from hatred and fear they don't have to have like a concrete reason and we know ghetto has a concrete reason and now the third brother of that trio i'm not really sure why i don't really remember if they explained why the three of them sided with the ghetto but you know what ghetto is ahead of like some cult so he could have just manipulated him into thinking like his way is the correct way to go and now his two brothers were killed by sorcerers so now he has revenge on his plate so everyone has, like, a reason for why they are the way they are, and it makes sense. Even though, like, people would say, like, oh, Madara from Naruto is, like, a good villain, I, like, I, I just, I don't really understand why he wanted to put the entire ninja world into a dream. Like, what really was the reason for that? It would have made more sense if he just wanted, like, world domination and destruction. Which I guess would be, I guess he would have that by putting everyone under infinite Tsukiyomi. If you think about it in reality, that is cruel but also kind putting everybody in an infinite tsukinomi like if we didn't know the other stuff about it i think that is the cruelest but also the kindest thing a villain could do i'm going to trap you like i'm gonna restart the world but in return i'm gonna like bless you with your fantasies i wonder if they i wonder if they would have preferred infinite tsukinomi um compared to what's happening in boruto (laughs) Man, I would have. <laughs> I think I would have. Oh my gosh. Like, bro, I don't know what happened, but something, some, someone destroyed the village more than Payne did. Who knows? But uh, another thing is about this long thread about them being lovers. It says that December 24th is considered the most romantic day in Japan and people celebrate it as Valentine's Day. 
Gojo kills Ghetto on the most romantic day of the year. It also says, in their final moments, after Ghetto says he can't laugh from the bottom of his heart, Gojo tells him something that gets him shocked and makes him laugh for a last time. Then Ghetto asks Gojo to curse him in the end. But what were Gojo's last words to Ghetto? Let me get into it. We don't know exactly what Gojo's last words are. But there are some clues from official sources. It says, one, it's three words in English. Two, it was said, said in JJK Zero. Three, it was something they never told each other before. The light numbers describe these three words as embarrassing in the way that makes you self-conscious. It also says that the words were something that had never changed for Gojo about Ghetto, even in the 10 years apart. But what could that have, what could be those words? It says remembering, no, because remember, remember, they said it was words that had that were said in JJK Zero. I'm, I feel like they're alluding to the fact that it was I love you, which when they talk about some when Ghetto died, they're talking about the last scene in in JJK Zero. Yeah, where where he's where Gojo is like crouching and like Ghetto's holding his arm and like looking at. And then it pans out, and then he says something to him, but we don't know what it is. They don't know what it is in the manga yet. I don't think any of us know, unless. Right. And I and I doubt that Gojo is gonna want to repeat that shit when he see him. <laughs> Remembering nothing is confirmed, so this part is my personal speculation. Based on the clues, Gojo's last words could have been. I'm not gonna try to butcher this. It could have been, "I love you." Which is a very intense way of saying, or well, they said what it would be in J- in Japanese. And they said, which is, I love you, that's embarrassing. And Japanese people rarely use it. It also, what is, it also, mm, there's a typo here. It's also what Yuta says to Rika. It's very serious, usually reserved for a married couple, not to be used casually. In fact, most Japanese people rarely say it in public. It is rather showy and embarrassing another possibility is that is that they could be my one and only friend or my only friend but this information was already given to the audience when gojo talks to yuta in the end of the movie so i don't think that there would be a point of censoring them in this case whatever these words were it was not something ghetto ever expected gojo to say it made him shocked blush and laugh from the bottom of his heart for the last time there's a chance these words might get revealed later since we don't know why they were censored in the first place they they also showed that they were censored in the manga in their very last scene together in which gojo is about to kill ghetto and they share their last words the song this is pure love is playing in the background. What the? Uh-oh. I'm sure the word, I'm sure what they said will be revealed later because we know Ghetto's not dead for real. So. <laughs> well, we just gonna have to wait the long run. It says JJK's season two opening song, Where Our Blue Is, is confirmed by the songwriter to be li- written from Gojo's point of view about his feelings for Ghetto. In the song, Koi is used to describe Gojo's feelings which is only used for romantic love. The rest of the lyrics are also very emotional. It says, these are the lyrics, in a season of blue that seems to go on forever, nothing obstructed the view of the four 
lined eyes. The asphalt ground was echoing the chorus of, um, I don't know how to say that word. It's C-I-C-A-D-A-S. Oh, the those are the bugs that are really loud in the. I think I think it's cicadas. I think it's from cicadas. They're the bugs that are like that make really loud sounds in the summer when it's super hot, and they're really I've, loud. I've never even like. I know what cicadas are, but I've never like seen the word cicadas. <laughs> <laughs> it prevented me from hearing the silence of you. Those days faded away, even after I got to know the smell of you, different from mine. In the depths of eternity, that left behind, our blue still lives. Our blue is still clear. No prayer or word could ever reach you, no matter how close they could get to you. In order, sorry, in such a color as if were a silent love or as if were a summer rolling down a cheek. That doesn't make sense to me. I've got a curse word for you stuck in the back of my throat. It is the unvoiced voice that says, we'll see each other again, won't we? That's kind of sick. Yeah, that's, I've noticed that about Japanese love songs. Like, when I read the lyrics of Japanese songs, I think there's a bit of a language barrier. Because sometimes they have, like, single, single words that convey, like, a feeling or, like, a saying that doesn't make sense or just doesn't translate well to English. Because when I be reading, like, English, I mean, when I read, like, Japanese love songs, I'm like, what the frick are you talking about right now? But I, I think it's just the language barrier that they have sayings that doesn't make sense in English. In English, yeah. It's like, like, there's certain things in English you can't describe to somebody who doesn't fluently speak English. Yeah. Even, but I think also English is just, like, a particularly simple language like we like we of course have like figures of sayings but not the way that Japanese does <laughs> it says in the season of damp winds in the late like, afternoon see, like, what <laughs> yeah see yeah it's talking about in the season of damp winds but like you refer to summer but they were also talking about some ghetto was his spring so why are we talking about summer a- anyways continuing I think of the image of us who were still nobody. We could have shared everything little by little since that day. The curse of me being different from you grew thicker. The sorrow behind your smile all the way I regretted missing it. To you who bloomed and fell away as a fruitless flower, farewell. Oh, so then, so then, yeah, Gojo, Gojo doesn't know Ghetto's alive. Which is crazy because he alludes to the fact, like, in that song, pretty much, they're alluding to the fact that he says, we'll see each other again. But maybe he means in death, but he's really finna bump into him again. That's why I said that's sick, because he's gonna see him this season. I, uh, there's no way they're not, there's no way they'll be, that Ghetto will be able to bug him anymore. So I wonder... I wonder what Gojo thinks all of this is. I wonder if he has some suspicion that Geta was still alive. Because, like, why would all this... Well, they did just find Itadori. And Itadori's, like, eating up all of Sukuna's fingers. So maybe he thinks that everything's happening because of Sukuna's fingers. Mm-hmm. But even, like, that, you know, like, that has to... He has to think, like, oh, maybe this is some ploy of, like, Ghetto. But I guess why would he have a reason to think that if he's dead? But then, like, bro, I don't believe anyone's dead until, like, I see their corpse. Yeah, because we didn't watch him kill him on screen. That's another thing. We didn't, for all we know, he walked away from him. 
Yeah, maybe he does know he's lover. Maybe he let him live, but there's no way he could let him live like after doing all knowing that. that what he's trying to do. But also, he didn't have the guts to kill him the first kill him time. the first time. So why the fuck would he have the guts to kill him ten years later? Because me, I, this is a thing. There's some. I feel like I could say it all day and all night. If you became a bad guy, I have to murk you. But like when it's time <laughs> to actually murk you, I don't know. I because I wouldn't want. I, I wouldn't want somebody else to kill you. I would want it to be by my hands, but I don't think I... Damn, I'm finna drop a tear trying to think about this. I don't think I could. I'm not gonna be a bad guy, so no I know, I know you're not gonna be a bad guy, but, like, I don't think I would have the guts. Like, I'd rather, like, turn around, let you heal, and go ahead and do, like, the most atrocitous things to humans than, like, kill you. Even though that's really bad to say. <laughs> but, like... If the if he turned around from him, yes, I'm gonna be like Gojo, why? But like at the same time, I'll understand because like when you have a best friend, you love them. Like you don't, I don't wish any of my best friends harm. Even if we were ever, to, you're not allowed to never be my best friend ever again. I'll kill you. Oh. <laughs> but but if I lost my other best friends, I would like I wouldn't wish ill will on them. I still want them to be happy and live good lives. Um. Hold on. Because <laughs> Twitter is so sensitive. You just, like, go and, like, um, you go and then it, uh, like, so it says JJK season two ending shows us Othmantis flowers, and they are used between Gojo and Ghetto. They symbolize true love and romance, and in Japan, they also mean first love because they smell so sweet that you cannot forget it, just like first love. Um, Gojo's official theme song, chosen by Gege, that's the creator, is Shame On Me by Avinci, which is basically a breakup song. Shame on me for loving you. Can't deny that you've been untrue. Your lie's so sweet, but you love to tease. Putting out fire with gasoline. That's what I get for loving you. Oh, I can't live without you. That's what I get for loving you. Oh, I can't live without you. Are you bad? what song is that for? That's the opening? No, no, no. This is this is what they were saying. Gojo's official theme, chosen by Gege. Gege is the creator of the manga. Oh, so I'm like, why does the lyrics like make sense in English? <laughs> well, it's an English song. Yeah, I figured that. But I was like, I was like, the opening is in Japanese. So what? It says, "Are you baptized and born again? I'll raise hell to bitter end." That's you see. Are you baptized and born again? I'll raise hell to bitter end. That's what I think is finna go on. For real. I'm, oh, wow. Excuse my uh, language. Um, I'm a crazy little bitch in the first degree. Shame on you for loving me. And I believed in you and I believed in you and you. In an interview, Gege was asked whether if Gojo will have a girlfriend in the future, which Gege answered that he can't imagine Gojo being sincere slash opening his heart to any particular woman. No one, it doesn't make sense within his character. Gojo's VA said in an interview that Gojo was opening his heart to Ghetto. Is, wait, is the, is the opening JJK in English or in Japanese? I know there are some English parts. It's in Japanese, but we're talking about... This says in an interview. No, I know. I'm just wondering. Now. Oh, okay. It is in Japanese. 
Okay. They Wait, they translate. I'm gonna read the later. I'm gonna read the 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 lyrics to the opening. Cause look, I just I just brought up the lyrics to the opening on YouTube, and they brought up a picture of a Gojo and Ghetto. Makes a lot of sense. Oh English. wait, no. This is because this is the opening of the first half of the season. That would make sense. This isn't the new. Yeah, opening. that's that's the one we're talking about. We're talking about the first opening of season two. Okay, okay. I don't even remember what that song sounds like. Um. So these are straight manga panels. I'm not going into this. That's spoiler land. But if anybody wants to read this um thread, it is on Twitter. It is. Suguru Hours. It's S U G U R U H R S on Twitter or X as it's called now. And it's S U G U R U H R S because I would like y'all to go look at it. I'm going to just repost it and like keep it here because the rest of it is manga panels and stuff. I don't even want to try to get into that. And I read stuff I'm not supposed to. So we're going to stop for there. But if you want to look at the full one, you can go and do that. And thank you for whoever put it together this thread. Because I was ignorant to the fact that Gojo was in love with his best friend. You, you just didn't want to see it. Which is crazy because I don't ship either one of them women. I just try to keep romance out of Shonen. Because romance is the quickest way to ruin a shonen. This is done tastefully, though. If this is all true, mm, I would have never known. I would have found out three years after the shit ended. Uh, Anyways. What do you think about that? I think that the... I think the... if If it is a romance, that it's very well done. It's like, it's not on the nose. It's not, like, super obvious. It's not thrown in our face. Like, I, if it is like a romance, I, I like how subtle and well done it is, um, which makes sense because I would assume that a romance would be between two boys would be quite subtle. It wouldn't be like super explicit. So I think and not only are they like two guys, but also like they're differing philosophies despite like allegedly being in love. And then also... Even if they weren't on opposite sides, like just their profession. Like even Mio was talking with Mekamaru, like it maybe we weren't we never got that close because when we died it would become even more painful. So I like how it's being done if it is a romance. Cause Shonen, you're right, Shonen do mess up when they be adding romantic aspects to the show. Cause I feel like just because you can write a shonen doesn't mean you can write a romance. And I feel like if if it is, it's very tasteful. I'm in love with it, and I wish that I wish that people would take inspiration from this and as Shonen goes forward, because this is definitely not the main. This has nothing. I'm not gonna say it has nothing to do with the main story, but this is good side plot. Like I'm eating it up. It makes yeah. me want to buy cake and a uh, mantis wine. Sorry, I'm, shit. That's that. Gangsha got me messed up on that mantis wine, but uh, <laughs> not. It makes me want to go and get a cake, like a little pound cake, and sit in the corner of my favorite boba shop and get a uh, Othmantis uh, tea boba. Also, this is a this is like a huge tangent, but I got spoiled of the end of Maid Sama in a YouTube short, and I'm upset. What happened? What happened at the end? Yeah, because I'm not watching it. <laughs> they, well, I mean, I knew it was gonna happen, but I'm just mad that I saw it. They kissed. 
So I basically it's a W, but like that's a W you wanted to see yourself. I like I, like I knew they were gonna end up together. Like it is like like they're just building up their romance the entire show. So of course they're gonna end up together at the end. But I was just mad that I actually like saw the scene. Like I was so pissed. I was like, oh my, because I was watching um, a YouTube short and it was like, oh, it was like couples in like American dramas like sleeping together on the first episode, and then it was like couples in anime not kissing until the last episode. And everyone was like, no. Which is my fault. I should have been finished the anime. I started watching that last year, but you're not going to warn anyone. And I guess, like, do you really have to warn someone of a spoiler of an anime that's been out for, like, two decades? But still. Mm, I don't know, because we all watch animes on our own time frame. So it would have been nice to get a spoiler warning. Yeah, something. I don't know. I mean, and I guess it is a classic. So if you're into romance animes, like, you've, like, people who are into romance animes have watched Mate Sama. There's no way. So I don't know. But that was just a little side thing that I was upset. This reminded me about. <laughs> I would like a psychological horror romance. Oh, so we can get another killing stalking? No. Bro, I'm already reading it. I'm already reading the next killing stalking. And it's great. And 19 chapters. I'm not going to promote that on our platform like that. But, you know. Killing stalking is sick. It should be banned in this country. It should be banned in every country if you ask me. <laughs> And I, I read every I can't control what they it. do in other countries, but in this country, it should not be allowed to be distributed. Man, look, I read it. Never mind. We're not going to talk about where I read it. <laughs> but um, any last thoughts on JJK or the budding romance between Ghetto and Gojo? Budding? That, that junk is in full force. That's in bloom. Gojo's <laughs> love stick still. He's heartbroken. That's why he run around deranged like that. <laughs> nothing's more dangerous than a man in love i don't know about all that i don't think so because he, they'll do anything actually you know what he didn't switch sides with him so i guess the morals that ghetto taught him beforehand came in handy because maybe if they didn't teach him that like that killing for no reason is bad maybe goes would have went up to his side and then and then that would have been bad See, because you said you said that you don't think Gojo has any regard for human life, but obviously he does because he wants to protect humans instead of letting Ghetto kill all of them. Well, again, Ghetto's the one who taught him that pointless killing is bad. Shoot, because he didn't want to massacre the religious people. Yeah, and those were humans. He was like, should we? Like, he literally said, eh. it was heartbreaking in Japanese, but like, Gojo's voice actor in English, I really like him as Gojo. And, like, it was heartbreaking when I watched it in English, too. He was like, Subaru, should we kill all of them? If I killed them all right now, I don't think I would feel anything. And, like, you could, he, he sounded so numb. Like, if, if, if Ghetto would have let him kill them in that moment, that probably would have changed who Gojo was forever. Oh, most certainly. Can you even be, like, I'm like I'm sure you would be put under into some kind of sorcerer jail if you started killing regular humans. There's no way they would just like. Yeah, that's definitely legal because that's why he got kicked out of JJK. Or yeah, that's why he got kicked. He was sentenced to death. High, but another thing is, um, in the movie because I rewatched the movie, Gojo mentions that there's other people who got kicked out of JJK or JJ or Jujutsu High, so JJH. Yeah, what does Kaizen mean? I don't know. I have no clue. But JJH, other people got kicked out of that school. We only know of 
so far won. Where are the others? And and I hope you kicked out you kicked kicked out special gray lazy. I hope that was <laughs> cameras in them halls and y'all saw that she like recommended that BS and y'all was like, oh yeah, she gotta go. She left JJ, um, she left JJ high on her own. I don't I don't think she left there. I think she was still a student back then and she probably graduated, but she probably just doesn't work for them. Cause where is she at? Yeah, we haven't seen her in the present. I told my I told my dude the other day I was like she need to pull up because she done she done cause all these problems she either need to pull up die do something on the screen because not we I'm not I'm not letting that slide no you gave him that idea yes he probably would have became a bad guy anyways but you like fueled the fire like that's like putting a whole tank of gasoline on a like budding amber (laughs) try to put on a fire with gasoline Mm -hmm. she really did try to do that like. She was like, she's like talking to Ghetto and I guess trying to give him options and like telling, like trying to give him, I guess, more space for his feelings. But she created a monster. I guess she didn't create it, but like she was a deciding factor, I feel like. Another thing that scene reminds me of, she pulled up, was hitting on Ghetto. And like at first, like she, Hybera was like, oh yeah, I could tell she's a good person. Like I'm a good judge of character, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Ghetto never answered her question when he was like, what type of women do you like? That was a weird question. Why would he answer that? That, But that's why I'm, I'm thinking about it now. Like at first, whenever I, I noticed he didn't answer it, I was like, whatever. Like, cause I don't know you, you're a stranger, but like, he didn't even like think about what type of woman he liked at all. Well, he was also like on a spiraling mental breakdown, but like, I mean, even Megumi answered the question when Toto asked him. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like a regular person would have answered, like, maybe he's not into women either. I think Gojo, it's not that Gojo's not into women. I think he just fell in love with his best friend. I feel like Gojo's not into people. That. Yeah, really. I think it's just simple as that. They probably both are, like, asexual. I wouldn't say all that. I, I just think, I would just think that the lives that they lead it just doesn't leave space for those kind of feelings that's a good point too that's probably why i say i can't see it even creator said he can't see it (laughs) or well no no no. i'm saying like i can't see it between gojo and ghetto because of the world they live in and the way that they set up their characters yeah and now it's just not plausible because even if they capture ghetto he gotta die sure enough they already sentenced him to death he's just been outrunning his um I'm running his sentence. Yeah. He is a man on the run right now. He's a fugitive. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because he was definitely in season one sitting in a in a restaurant like he wasn't one. That's a good point. He do just be walking about. Yeah, he was just in a in a restaurant. That's true. Hmm. Is he not FBI? He should be on the FBI most wanted list. He wants to destroy the entire world. That's why everyone in but, you know what, maybe that's why everyone in that cafe had to burn. They were witnesses. But another thing is, in the ten years that they have been apart, what has he done towards that goal? Besides like setting up this squad of cursed spirits. I mean, he's doing something, like he set this veil. Probably the first one of the first things he needs to do is get rid of Gojo. That's I don't know. I His plan can't come to fruition with him alive. I don't think they're gonna kill Gojo though. Probably not, but he's gonna try. I don't think the story is gonna kill Gojo, but that, but but Gojo being alive is like a huge 
thorn in his side. Good point. That is a good point. I would not want to fight no damn Gozo. Nah, they're not going to try to fight him. They're probably going to like try to do like a Toji, a Toji approach. There's no way they're just going to try to fight him head on. We'll have to see. But this is definitely a setup to get him out of the way so they can get to the real shit. For real. Cause- and I, I know for sure Sakuna not coming out until Gojo is occupied. That's a fact. I don't care what nobody's talking about. That is a fact. Because me, my my knees would be buckling. If I was what? and Gojo pulled up on me, I'm leaving. You know what, though? This actually makes me think is like, how is the whole thing with Sakuna and then the whole thing with Ghetto going to like kind of intersect? Because like Sakuna is like one of the most powerful curses ever. And like now they're trying to like collect all his fingers and I guess permanently exercise him as a vessel of Itadori, but then they have the whole thing with Ghetto. So I wonder if those separate plot points are going to intersect at some point. Because, like, now we kind of have, like, two main points. Like, we have Ghetto trying to kill everyone, which is kind of, like, always in the background. But then we have, like, the active problem of Itadori. <laughs> I'm getting stressed out the more we talk about it. I know! Like, more things are just, like, coming up. <laughs> Um, I mean, we're only on the seventh episode of the season, and we're having, we're getting 24 episodes, right? So. Bro, that's what's stressing me out. Like, I'm finna cry. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, on that note, I guess we'll wrap this one up. (laughs) Bye, y'all, because now I'm getting stressed, because my, 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 I'm gonna go to the worst, like, I, I don't see half of our cast making it out of the next two seasons because i doubt that i doubt that they're gonna resolve whatever the hell is going on right now in one season so i feel like this is gonna take course in a matter of two seasons they're gonna live us with the nastiest the nastiest cliffhanger they possibly can to get us excited for season three and then season three probably gonna be straight fighting also i mean we already lost mechamaru probably so they are killing characters Fuck him. What? <laughs> I that's the thing. Like, I did cry that one tear, but that was because of meanwhile, like like him having that relationship with her made gave it like emotional value. Cause again, I like everybody. I don't dislike everybody, but like you in the ground, bye. Dang. Bye. Okay. I this is the thing. I already love one dead man. I don't need to be collecting oh other dead men that I love. Like, no, that's a that's dead, literally. Okay. <laughs> I only have so many spaces on my body for dead man portraits. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, on that note, let's wrap this one up. Bye. Bye.